Today, our show is sponsored by Nutrafol. 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair. If you are among them, know that you're not alone and there is a solution you can trust to deliver results. Thousands of women have taken back control of their hair with Nutrafol. Nutrafol offers targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding through all stages of life. Healthier hair growth takes time. You'll begin to experience thicker, stronger, faster growing hair in three to six months. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months of use. Nutrafol is physician-formulated to be 100% drug-free. They use medical-grade botanicals in consistently effective doses so you get the most reliable results. And no matter your stage in life, they have a solution. Nutrafol women's formulation is ideal if you're experiencing thinning hair loss caused by stress, dieting, overstyling, or environmental toxins. Their other formula, Women's Balance, is for additional hormone support for those with thinning hair through menopause. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code SELFIE to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, you get free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com. That's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com with the promo code SELFIE. Today's sponsor is EveryPlate. Initially, I thought meal kits had to be expensive, that they were kind of a splurge. But as it turns out, every plate is more affordable than groceries. Their quality ingredients come pre-portioned to help you save money and reduce food waste, you know, like the bag of spinach that I throw out every single week. You can skip the store and let every plate plan, shop, and deliver everything you need to cook a delicious meal at a consistently low price. For me, in the summer, I'd rather be out enjoying the sunshine than cooking. Every plate helps me do just that. Simple, stress-free recipes come together in just six steps and are ready in about 30 minutes or less. You can choose between 17 recipes that change every week and swap proteins and sides to your liking, so you can switch up dinner routines however you want. Every plate helps me experience more of my favorite things in life by saving me time and money, which means more money towards vacations, concerts, the list goes on. You can choose from classic plate, veggie plate, family plate, and easy plate preferences to serve up crowd-pleasing meals night after night. Try every plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code SELFIE179. Again, that's $1.79 per meal at everyplate.com with the code SELFIE179. Hey everyone, I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and a psychotherapist. And I'm Rue Powell, an admitted workaholic and self-care Luddite. And you are listening to Selfie, a weekly podcast about women learning to take better care of themselves. We think self-care is important, but it can simultaneously be elusive. We don't lack information about it, but we don't always quite get there. So this podcast is dedicated to exploring different aspects of self-care, from the silly to the serious. We're looking at health, relationships, beauty, periods, and maybe a touch of the random. We also want to look at the hurdles we face that keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. To submit questions to me or Rue, or to Claire, our beauty expert, or BJ, our resident therapist, join us in our private forum by searching Selfie Podcast Community on Facebook. Hey guys, well today we are going to be talking with author Tiffany Reese. She is the author of a book called Strong Woman Rising. It's a fantastic book. I can't recommend it enough. In fact, um, I have also purchased that book for my daughters because it is very empowering. Tiffany and I talk a lot about how we have worked to avoid that validation-seeking tendency in ourselves, um, how we've sort of slayed the dragons of people-pleasing. We're also going to hear from BJ. She is talking about the love languages and 
whether or not those are sort of a valid metric for relationships. Um, she has some interesting things to say about that. Um, but I've got Rue here to do a little self-care check-in. Hey, Rue. Hey, how are you? Well, I'm pretty good. My, um, I'm going to say my self-care is holding pretty strong, surprisingly. Um, I think I am right now feeling it's hard to talk about it's hard to talk about gratitude right now because I feel like right. I I don't want to do the pause the toxic positivity thing where I say like, oh, you know, this pandemic is actually working out for the best because I don't feel that way. And I recognize that people are losing loved ones, they're losing jobs, they're losing income. I am as well. Um, but I I will say that I am in the middle of this. I am starting to feel very grateful for the way that this time, I'm not grateful for the time, but I'm grateful for the way that this time has shaped our family because I am really noticing um, that my family has grown really close, especially my kids and like sibling to sibling. Because I will say that prior to the pandemic, prior to, you know, us quarantining, you know, they're teenagers and they're in that stage, which is developmentally appropriate, where they're just all about their peers. And even my boys who'd been fast friends as kids, you know, they'd found their own crew, they weren't really hanging out at all anymore. And that has changed to like my siblings, my my, ki- my kids being each other's best friends, like they are really, really close now. And it's really, it's really kind of beautiful. I mean, I feel yeah, that's lovely. It's funny, I was talking to some friends about it yesterday, and I started crying. Like, I feel like if this hadn't happened, they would have gone off to college. And they would have been like, you know, they would see each other at holidays. But like, I do feel like now when they go off to college, like, I do think they will remain each other's very close friends. That is lovely. Yeah. So that's I'm really feeling sweet. I've noticed for that. that. I've noticed that with my girls, too. And, you know, my girls are younger, but there was a period where, you know, they're all tweens and they, again, like they they still prefer their friends and yeah. or one was getting like really precious about her alone time mm-hmm. and not wanting to be around her sisters and like really anti-hugging mm. and that has, and which is fine if you don't want to hug someone, that's totally fine. That has really changed in how they spend time together or I'll just see them all kind of piled on each other like puppies on the couch yes. watching a movie yeah or you know hey like i want to do this do you want to come with me or you know just being outside together or trying something new together or just like being in the kitchen baking something together and like like you said i'm not i'm not saying that this pandemic and like all the crises that we're seeing especially as a country are good but in spite of those things yeah. i'm finding small glimmers of this is really this is really sweet and this is really special and even them being home like i don't i'd prefer that they were in school but there is something nice about the pace that they're not you know neck break speed out the door off to this activity off to this activity and this slower pace has been really nice for us as a family too yes i completely agree i completely agree yeah, and it's funny, my kids in the evening, they'll just kind of round each other up. They'll be like, hey, what are we all going to watch? And they like they make sure everyone's in the room. They wait on each other. They're watching The Office right now. <laughs> They're marathoning Aww. The Office. But yeah, it's really cute. How about you? How's your self-care going? 
It's going it's going well. I think I would say definitely one downside of all of this is I feel really disconnected from friends. Yeah. Um, you know, there's no there's no like, oh, let's just go meet for a drink or a yeah. book club or a dinner or whatever. You mm-hmm. know, all of that's gone. And all of us are also dealing with, you know, we want to social distance and we're also dealing with the difficulties of, you know, the school year and kids. So Yes. But I find that it is isolating, especially you know, like, it's not like you and I go into an office and you just pop into the cubicle next right. door or go have lunch with someone. No. So I um, have a couple local friends and we've just decided on standing dates. So yes. like, like, we, I send a calendar invite and every, you know, Tuesday morning, we meet at the trail and go for a, a little walk or whatever. Or um, we're going to do first Wednesday of every month, we're going to meet for lunch. Yes. And that has been really helpful because it kind of gives you something to look forward to. Oh my gosh, totally. So that's been that's been nice. And I find one metric that I found um, that I think is nice for who you keep in your circle, um, and I read this somewhere, is how you feel after. Like, do they do they give you energy? Like, do mm. they do you feel like you went away? Like you're happier, you're energized, you're more inspired, or do you feel like they just like suck the life out of you? Yeah. And this has also helped me kind of narrow down who I want to pour into and who I want pouring into me as well. Yes. Um. So that's that's been nice. So I'm not spending time with a ton of people, but it's been nice to go have a lunch or go for a walk with someone and like you know be six feet apart from someone else. Oh my gosh, totally. I mean, and it's like, I do think that you can do it responsibly and still figure out a way to see your friends. Like we've been doing the same thing. In fact, on Sundays, it's usually like I'll have a couple girlfriends over and I've I've kind of figured out for me like how it has to work out. Like I have to kind of limit how many people can come at once because if you have too many people, then it's too hard to social distance, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I just have people walk up my breezeway. So no one's going in my house. I have chairs set that are six, actually more than six feet apart. Um, but man, it's like just seeing each other in person versus over the phone or over video is so life-giving. Yeah. It's so well, helpful. I know for you too, that a lot of your friends or your colleagues aren't in your area. Like that's what happens when you work on the internet. Yeah. And you often, you know, in a non-pandemic, you often travel and I often travel. So the people that I would see when I travel, you know, I'm I'm missing those people too, you know? Yeah. Um, where if you like if you go to the same work event twice yes, a year, then you see totally. those people. Or if I'm in this particular town a few times a year, then I would see these people. And so that's been like I realized that I'm missing that too. Oh, I've yeah. really kind of it's so come true. to count on that. Yeah. So yeah, just okay, well, let's meet at an outdoor restaurant mm-hmm. or let's go for a walk outside and you know, and, and that's been that's been nice. It's not perfect. It's not ideal, but it's still it's it's been a really it's nice something. way to yeah. yeah fill that gap. Totally. Yeah, I totally agree. All right. Well, we decided for our two thumbs up today that we are going to be talking about some of our favorite products to help us sleep. Yes. All right. So I'm going to start. So I am very excited that I finally got a new night guard. So I have, I know I have massive TMJ issues that actually worsened a lot after I had that sinus um, surgery because they intubated me and they weren't paying attention to my jaw and it was overextended. So I have been dealing with horrible TMJ issues 
And then I also have sensory processing issues. So I have not been able to wear, I, I went to my dentist and paid for a night guard. And what they gave me was like, I mean, seriously, it's like, is this the best you guys can do? I mean, it was basically like a football playing, you know, like it was giant and gummy and big and made me feel like I was going to gag. Yeah. So they're so similar to the way that like aligner companies are starting to kind of come into play as an alternative to braces. There are now like night guard companies and they are much cheaper than going through your dentist and much oh, great. better. So I used a company called Remy. Um, they're only $99 for your first night guard. It's very similar to aligners where they send you like the putty that you put in your mouth and you make a mold. Mm-hmm. And then you send your mold back and then they send you a new night guard. So you don't even have to go to the dentist. Oh, um, and they're really thin. I mean, I've never used Invisalign, but I feel like they're basically almost like the same. Like really, really thin. So they don't bother me at all. And then they have a subscription service, which I also love because, you know, I love automated stuff that you don't have to think about. So every six months for 50 bucks, they send you a new one. Oh, okay. Is it because they... Because you wear, wear them out, out after you a know, while. You know, if you're a grinder yeah, okay. like I am, you you do wear them out. And they're thin. So th- that's the issue with the thin ones. And, you know, the, like my dentist was like, well, it has to be thick in order to last. Well, you don't actually want it to be thick to last. You want a thin one that you can actually sleep in. Right. 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 So anyway, that has been helping my sleep tremendously. I ended up getting the Botox and the masseter for my job. You did. I did because I was in so much pain and I felt like I used to go to the chiropractor really regularly and that would help my TMJ. And I'm, you know, I'm, I don't want to risk that right now, especially because, you know, you're so close to their face and they just so many people filing in and out. And so my dentist had recommended that I just start taking. Valium every night, which I don't feel great about. Like, oh, if you take Valium every night, then it'll relax your muscle. And I'm like, ah, okay. But so I went and I was, you know, I had talked to a friend and I just went and it's weird because if I'm going to get Botox, I want it in a place that will make me uh, look younger. And instead, right, I'm just getting jaw. it. Yeah, it's just just injecting it right into my jaw. And it's supposed to just kind of essentially weaken the muscle. So it's not... I'm not clenching. And why does that happen? Well, you're clenching because you're in a pandemic. So of course, it's going to worsen. So clenching my jaw and, you know, at night it hurts. And I'm not grinding my teeth, but I get neck pain and headaches and jaw pain. So I ended up getting a needle right into my right into my jaw. Um, okay, so I'm curious, did your insurance cover it? Nope. Yeah. No. Because I was going to do that not- too, and my insurance didn't cover it. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a, what do you call it? Like it's, it's not an a, off label. That's right. Yeah. Right. I was gonna say off brand. And I'm like, no, that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a knockoff. Off, yeah. It's a knockoff. It's a knockoff. Um, so yeah, it's, they said they won't, but, um, I was kind of desperate. <laughs> I was kind yeah. of desperate because I don't need a sleep guard because right. I'm not grinding my teeth, but I would just have these crazy headaches. And I also don't want to be taking like, like ibuprofen three times a day just to, no. you know, get rid of jaw pain. So no, I've been you using take Valium. I mean, you know, like I'm all for medication when you need it, but, you know, you build up tolerance to that really fast. So right. and not for nothing, but I have like other medications that I'm on for actual, right. you know, so right. I'm like I can't add another one to the arsenal right now. No. Not <laughs> 
Okay. And then my other sleep. So I have a couple sleep tonics. I'm actually arranging them here on my desk. Um, okay. This- Is a tonic a drink? Or yes. A- yes. Listen to this. Okay. So I found this tonic and it's not alcoholic, but it looks like a bottle of alcohol. It's a really pretty bottle. It's called Kin is the name of the brand. And they make what they call euphorics, um, which are drinks. They don't contain alcohol, but they have different drinks for different things. And so I ordered their Dream Light Nightcap. And so it is, you take a shot of it like you would take a shot of alcohol. That's how small um, mm-hmm. the amount is that you take. And this has um, nootropics, which is a fancy word for like, you know, um, things that help your brain. So this one has, it has a little bit of melatonin in it. It has L-theanine, it ha- um, which helps your GABA production. It has reishi mushroom, which is supposed to, you know how cortisol is like what gets messed up when you have insomnia? Yes. So reishi mushrooms are supposed to help that. Um, and so I take a shot of this at night, um, before I go to bed. Now I, I'm going to tell you that the three products I'm talking about right now are all in glass containers and that might be why I like them. (laughs) (laughs) Everything looks so pretty. (laughs) They're really pretty. I'm going to have to take a picture of them all and post it um, because they're like, it feels like I'm doing this little like apothecary tincture (laughs) routine at night. Okay. So I take the Kin Euphorics in a shot. But I actually don't love the taste. It's not very sweet. And it has this like kind of oaky cinnamon chai taste, but it's not mm-hmm. sweet. Okay. So then I drop into it. Um, there's this brand called Pure Inventions, and they make these water infusion drops, which I love. I'm a big water drinker, but I like like they have like a green tea flavor and like fruit flavors. And you just you take the dropper and you just put a little dropper into your drink, right? And it flavors it. And I like these for my kids too. They're like stevia, um, oh, okay. sweetened. There's no, it's kind of like a, making yourself a crystal light, but there's no dye. Right. There's no sugar. Um, it's stevia sweetened. Okay. So I take, they have one called Tranquility and it's vanilla flavored and it's sweet. So I add a couple drops of this into my Kin nightcap nice. to make it sweet. And then, okay, I have one more, <laughs> one more tincture. My boyfriend was like, your nighttime routine is getting absurd. And I'm like, <laughs> I agree. But, you know, I feel like the ritual of it is even a part of it. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so the last one is, this is from a company called Symbiotica. And this is Rumi Herbal Sleep Tonic. So to clarify, my night guard is Remy. My tonic is Rumi. Got it. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> But anyway, the the roomy sleep tonic, it actually tastes like chocolate, and you just squirt a couple drops on your tongue. Um, I know. Um, but this one has ashwagandha extract in it, which is also supposed to be very helpful for sleep. And it also has chamomile and magnesium. So these are the three things I take every night as kind of a part of my sleep routine, and I actually feel like they help. Amazing. It's like a just like this this concoction, this tonic. It's absurd. It feels like a little witchy too. Like you it should feels have, totally witchy. Like it can only do this on a full moon. But it also yeah. a little bit feels there's a little bit of it that feels like I actually am having a nightcap, like a drink, but there's yeah. no alcohol in any of it, which is nice. Cause it feels like, you know, you're just winding down with a drink, but you're not actually downing, you know, bourbon. 
Right, right. Um, it's cracking me up, all these names. It's like the kin oh, and the pure inventions and the trinkle. And then I'm going to add to that with... Yes, more absurd names. Yeah. The patchology mood Ooh, patch. patchology. <laughs> like, what is a mood patch even? You know, you feel... Well, what is it, Rue? <laughs> it's just... <laughs> You stick them under your eye. They're like oh. the, those. Eye, they're just eye patches. They're really eye patches. okay. Yes, and so they have them for different needs. Like uh, like in the morning, if I'm my eyes are a little puffy and I have to be somewhere, there's like a green tea like wake up patch, which I like. Like I'll put that oh. on while I'm getting ready. Yeah. And this one, they have like a mood patch, like a downtime bedtime one. Oh, I'm so buying this. So you I'm, can put that I'm on. So, and honestly, I'm in. <laughs> Whether or not these things work, there's just yeah. something about the ritual of it, oh, which is I'm so so nice. in. I love it. Um, and then Amazon actually sells this like really nice sleep essential oil mixture, and it's got like lavender in it, but some other stuff too. So it's not just you know how like every sleep smelly thing is just always lavender. Yes, uh-huh. this is not like that. There's just like there's some depth to it, and there's other stuff happening too. And what Ooh. I do is I will put some like in the downstairs uh, essential oil diffusers. Yes. To kind of signal to everyone, like an hour before bedtime, like Uh we're winding down, like we're getting there. And that's just like a nice little, like a little trigger. Like I'm trying Mm -hmm. to trigger my kids into going to bed (laughs) on time. Uh, But I really like it. And honestly, like I don't know. I'm I'm I don't know the studies around essential oils. Like you know, back when it was really popular to just sell them and buy them for whatever. All I know is that they smell nice, and like when things smell good, it makes me happy, and that's kind of the extent of it. No, I Um, love that. But I also really love a good ritual too. So, which is why I totally support all of your glass bottles and yeah. You're just like, you're like shaking a martini. You're shaking a martini. I am. I I drink and then I drink it in a wine glass. I do. I do that. Oh, but that that's nice. It's 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 like a lovely. I love the idea of the essential oil kind of signaling through the house with the scent. I love that. Yeah. And then in the morning, it's bedtime smell. And in the morning, I have like a a get up and go smell. What does get up and go smell like? Um, it smells a little like citrusy I was and a little just bit about like to say, I hope it's citrusy. <laughs> it's definitely citrusy. And I actually just bought like a little roll-on perfume by Fresh yeah. that has grapefruit in it. Just Ooh. because it makes me feel like I'm like starting my day and I'm going to, I don't know, do amazing things. Yes. Um, and then at night it's like that you know, lavender and eucalyptus, you know, sleepy time, I'm relaxing now. So everything in my day has a scent that goes with it. I should probably get one for midday too, like a, like an afternoon pick me up. Well, I have, I have one for you. Oh, hit my, me. Yes. I have a, a, an essential oil scent that is called roll the bitch away. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I had one that smelled really earthy. Which I don't know something about being around technology all day, and then just yes. like it smells a little bit like fresh you cut smell grass, like grass and yeah. dirt, yeah. Totally. <laughs> As opposed to just going for a walk, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so funny. We talked a lot about skincare on the show, and specifically tretinoin. If you're not familiar, it's a retinoid, which is an active vitamin A derivative that's used to improve the texture, tone, and appearance of the skin. Today's sponsor, Dear Brightly, has a product called Night Shift, and tretinoin is the active ingredient in Night Shift. This is the only FDA-approved retinoid for treating photoaging, which is premature skin aging due to long-term sun exposure. Tretinoin stimulates collagen production to prevent and treat signs of premature 
premature skin aging from years of sun damage, things like fine lines and wrinkles, dark spots, uneven skin tone, and big pores. Tretinoin can only be acquired through a prescription, but it's 20 times more potent than the -the over-the-counter retinol products. It's one of the most well-researched ingredients with over 50 years of research behind it for both acne and photoaging. I had a chance to try Night Shift and I'm really liking it. I have the unfortunate experience of having both breakouts and wrinkles at the same time, and it's great for both. I have seen my fine lines, decreasing. I've seen my skin tone looking better, and it feels really nice. If you've used an over-the-counter retinol before, you know it's really great, but a dermatology-grade retinoid is even better. Night Shift is their dermatologist-formulated serum that's tailored to your skin by doctors online. Dear Brightly works by you first of all starting by sharing your skin story with them, then a doctor evaluates your skin and your skin history. They then tailor your formula and write a prescription, if applicable, and your tailored serum will be delivered to you in the mail. It's super simple and easy. Head to www.dearbrightly.com and enter the promo code SELFIE to get 15% off your first order, which is their very best offer for anywhere. That's S-E-L-F-I-E to get 15% off your first order at dearbrightly.com. So when I was a teen learning to shave my legs, my mom did not do me any favors by buying me really cheap disposable razors. If you grew up in as a teen in the 90s, you know the ones and they left nicks and cuts all over me when I was trying to shave. So With two girls learning how to shave their legs right now, I am committed to making sure that they have good quality razors. Guys, I was probably well into my 30s before I realized the difference a quality razor makes. Today's sponsor is Athena Club. They have great razor kits that we have been using in our house for a couple months. The razor blades are awesome. They are surrounded by this water-activated serum that has shea butter and hyaluronic acid, so you get a silky smooth shave that actually leaves your skin soft and hydrated as opposed to stripped dry. And their blades are spaced out to let hair and shave cream pass through easily so you don't have to make a ton of passes going over and over the skin to remove the hair. Fewer passes means less irritation to your skin, which cuts down on razor burn and ingrown hairs. The razor kit is only $9 with free shipping and it comes with two blade cartridges, a cute little magnetic hook for your shower storage, and your choice of a handle color. I personally chose the coral, but what I really like about it is they have a ton of different colors, black, white, pastel, neon, so if you have a big family like mine, everyone can have the razor in their own color so you don't get them confused. What I also love about Athena Club, you guys know I love automating things. You never have to worry about dull blades because they send refills on your schedule. You just choose how often you want them and they will send them automatically with free shipping. I would also highly recommend their cloud shave foam too. It's insanely thick and stays on while you shave so you don't have to reapply. It leaves your skin feeling very moisturized. It's really, really good. If you want to try a great quality razor that cuts down on the wastefulness of disposable razors, try Athena Club Razor Kit. You can get 20% off your first order at athenaclub.com with the promo code SELFIE. That's A-T-H-E-N-A-C-L-U-B.com with the promo code SELFIE for 20% off. 
All right. Well, we have a sponsor that we want to talk about today. The sponsor is R8. They are a fine jewelry maker in New York City. They were founded by women for women. So we love that fact about them. And they were founded on this desire to shake up the jewelry market by offering modern, beautiful designs, but at good quality with affordable prices. They are ethically sourced pieces, which we love that you can wear every day. They range from classic and dainty styles. You know, they have some of the like small dainty stuff. And then they also have some like modern chunky statement pieces. Um, R8 makes the jewelry that you always wanted, but you could never find. So I got myself an R8 ring. I'm in love with it. Um, It is gold. It is like two, um, it's like a double band. And then in between the band is a big chunky rectangle. So very modern. um, And it's actually really comfortable. Rue, what did you get? I ended up getting, um, so I have three three holes in one ear and two in, in the other. Oh, so do and I. I. Oh, and I well, I like the odd number. I like how it's <laughs> not it's not perfect. But then I I love to wear one long threader in just one ear. Mm-hmm. So I got there, I got a really pretty gold threader with a little citrine gem at the end. Ooh, and it is just a nice little touch. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just it's, I feel like I feel like a, just a, a nice small piece of jewelry can really elevate even yes. just, you know, you're wearing a t-shirt and joggers or whatever. Um, so I really like mine. It's really pretty. That's awesome. So R8 sells direct to you without the middleman markup, which is how they're able to offer the same quality as more expensive brands at a fraction of the cost. And we love that they're made ethically in New York City. And for every piece sold, a child in need receives a book to further their education. So for 15% off an R8 purchase, you can go to r8newyork.com slash selfie and use the promo code selfie. That is A-U-R-A-T-E New York.com for 15% off your first R8 purchase with the code SELFIE. Today, we are going to be talking with author Tiffany Reese. She is the author of a new book called Strong Women Rising. It is a beautifully illustrated book that talks women through all kinds of issues from reprogramming your thoughts, deleting negative self-talk, falling in love with yourself, getting stuff done, being your own soulmate. It is a really great book. I've known Tiffany for a long time, so I'm excited to talk with her. So Tiffany, you talk in your book about perfectionism and letting go of being perfect, which is a theme in my own book as well. Um, And I know my book was written, you know, it was written for any parent, but kind of specifically for moms and your book was written for women. Do you think that perfectionism is more insidious for women? Does this feel like something that women are uniquely being challenged with? You know, I think society and our culture puts a lot of more pressure on women Mm -hmm. um, than it does on men in a lot of ways. However, I think men deal with their own set of Mm -hmm. challenges that I didn't necessarily recognize until I actually started reading some of Brené Brown's Mm -hmm. um, work on shame and how men how men are shamed. Yes. And I I was able to empathize more with that struggle. But I do think that being seen as perfect for women is very 
much laid out for us in our society. Yes. It's like, if you want to figure out how to be perfect, you can go online and figure it out. And that yeah. looks like skinny and white and mm-hmm. college educated and has mm-hmm. it all together and hot husband with lots of money and mm-hmm. all of those things that you see people constantly chasing. And yeah. I've been guilty of it in the past. Oh, yeah. But like you said, it's completely an inside job. It, it is. It's a hundred percent. There's no amount of validation. And I've seen this through other influencers that I know that have millions and millions of followers and they still haven't found that inner validation, you know, and I'm not judging their journey. I'm on my own yeah. journey, but I've heard them say like, it's even with that much validation, I still have to do the work inside. I still have to do the work myself. Well, and I think you and I as bloggers have had that in interesting peek behind the curtain at what I think is being presented to women as perfection, which mm-hmm. is a lot of these sort of lifestyle blogs, Instagram accounts where people look really perfect, right? Everything's polished. And as you said, they're, you know, skinny and taking photos on the beach in their bikini and, you know, or their home is perfect or what have you. And it's interesting to be in the industry and know how much behind the scenes, some of these people that look really perfect are really hurting or struggling Mm. with mood disorders or, you know, which I am too. Yeah. (laughs) All of that. Right. But, you know, um, I just think that there's such an illusion to perfection that it's so important that we don't buy because it is none of it's real. Like it's all fake. Mm -hmm. I talk about this with my kids a lot about social media because of the work that I do, my mm-hmm. son, for example, he's always like, you're famous people. And I'm, and I get really grossed out by that. And I'm like, yeah. all, that's not true. Like it's just not. And second of all, it doesn't matter. Like right. what matters is that I'm actually a good mom and a good person. Totally. Like how many likes I get don't matter. How many followers I have don't matter. It does help me pay the bills yeah. and it does help support my work, but that doesn't make me a good person. And no. it's something that I want them to understand because I think perfectionism and social media, there is a lot of issues that can come from chasing that perfectionism mm-hmm. and also chasing that like you said, the highlight reel of other people. In your book, you talk about somebody who was staging um, their family photos for their blog in a... um, In a model home. In a model home. That's real. Yeah. And I was like, wow, first of all, really smart. Could have avoided a lot of cleaning that way. Totally. (laughs) Second of all, She would just go on a Saturday and take her kids and stage a bunch of photos in a perfectly clean house. I mean, it's kind of genius, to be honest. It's genius. But it's not real. It's not, it's not real. real. Right. And, but then and how so we're sending people, that message out right. and they're saying, oh, but look at, look at Susie. She can do it, you know? Mm-hmm. So that means that I, and that's, and that's where the comparison comes in and yeah. all that. And so I think I've been pretty, I, I don't feel like I've, I've really chased that sort of perfection, um, trying to put that perfection out there. But mm-hmm. I do think I have been guilty of, wanting validation from outside people in the past about my feelings a lot. Mm -hmm. Like see me, see me, see my struggles, see my emotions, see my feelings. Uh And really that's something I can only give myself. Yeah. So I've tried to stop chasing it, still sharing my journey and still sharing what I feel like could help somebody else perhaps, Mm -hmm. or could start a conversation. But until I was able to really 
turn off the haters and the trolls and the caring and the comments yes. from other people and focus on what I like and what I care about and what I think is good, things got a lot easier. Well, you you mentioned there were a couple things in your book that really were like, ooh. Um, but you mentioned like basically like being your own, like being your own boyfriend, being your own, you know, like yeah. being your own validation, which yeah. is so important. And I think something that we're not, we're not really taught enough, you know, that, that our validation really has to come from ourselves. That if we need another person to validate us, we're in a constant state of need, right? Mm-hmm. Because, and then our, in psychology, we call this an external locus of control, which means I don't actually have any control of myself if I can't validate myself, I rely on everyone else. And that's a dangerous, dangerous proposition. Right. And it's also like if you water down your art, mm-hmm. for example, to like if you watered down your book to make it more like a you know, Rachel Hollis or whoever else is like out, that wouldn't be your book. Right. It, it would just be something similar to what her book is. But that's mm-hmm. not why people are buying your book. They're buying yeah. your, your book because they want you. And that was something I had to learn is yes. people are coming to my blog or yes. my podcast because they want that version of me or yeah. what I'm creating. That's what yes. they want. And that's what brought them there. So yes. why are you worried about trying to convince them to stay when they already like you and they already are relating to you or they wouldn't be here at all? It's so like, true. And I have found, and and I I feel like this is true of your platform as well. I have found that when I am my most vulnerable and imperfect, people people appreciate that the most. Yeah, like that's really the content that that people are like, oh my gosh, thank you. Like I remember one time I did a a home tour, and I think it was one of those days where I was just like fed up. I'm like, I'm so tired of people posting these fake photos of their clean house. And so I was like, I've got your home tour right here. And I just took pictures. I went around and like took a picture of like a pile in the corner or like the chair that had all the laundry on it. Like I just posted like, what does my house really look like? Like here's a bunch of papers that I need to go through that I just put the mail right here and I never go through it. And like, that was one of my most viral posts. So I think people do appreciate imperfection. Like it's, it's relatable and it's relieving, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're setting your ego aside, uh-huh. and that's part of it, and that's so that's makes other people feel like they can be vulnerable with you, yeah. Because you're not trying to come across like you have things more together than somebody yeah. else. You know, you're humanizing yeah. yourself, and people relate to that. And I yeah. think it's important, especially online, and especially to set a good example for our kids. Oh my gosh, totally. Okay, you said something in your book about perfection perfectionism and procrastination and this was like a like this was a <laughs> Tiffany you could have just called me <laughs> moment. You know, and you have a little segment that's called procrastination is perfectionism in sheep's clothing. Talk about that. I still struggle with this constantly yeah. and it's 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 like I picture a blank canvas and what I imagine mm-hmm. an artist feels like before mm-hmm. they're about to start and you don't want to start because what if you make a mistake? That's how I often feel when I 
am avoiding whatever it is that I need to be doing, um, whether that's writing or editing or um, or also avoiding things that are hard, conversations yes. that are hard, totally. um, things that I am feeling like, do I have the emotional stamina to put my ego aside today and be bad at this? Yeah. And sometimes that's really hard. Some days I really yeah. don't want to be bad at something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. And, and so... Um, yeah, I think that a lot of times we avoid things because in our minds we've created a situation that's harder than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, or yeah. conversations will be harder than we think they're going to be. Oh, yeah. Or we assume the response of other people because we we assume that we know how they're going to respond or, wh- or, you know, what we think their reaction is going to be, which is yeah. unfair as well. And oh, so... Yeah. Yeah, I've I have to force myself. Actually, my husband last weekend was just like, "You're avoiding your work. I'm just gonna say it to you once. If you want to go to IKEA, we can. But I'm just gonna let you know. <laughs> like, totally because I need that. Like, I need somebody who also who can help me be accountable. Totally. Like, you said you were gonna get that done today, so mm-hmm. you weren't gonna be stressed out all week. And I know yeah. you want to like lay here and do nothing, but just reminding you like gently. So that you are being, you know, aware of that. And I need that sometimes. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I call, when I get in this circle and I, I totally struggle with this too, I call it creating insurmountable tasks and they're not insurmountable tasks, but I put them in that category in my mind. And sometimes they're responding to an email that's a little bit confrontational or, you know, it's just like Mm. a, a thing that feels overwhelming that I just need to do. That would like, what are maybe... your rates? Yes. Oh, <laughs> you're like, I'm like, how oh. many days can I avoid that? <laughs> totally. Yeah. Like, or, or, or an email that requires me to like pull together a bunch of information or something. That's like, these are usually things that would take 10 minutes to do and they'll be on my mind and I just won't keep, won't, you know, I won't do them. And then it's like stressful. And if I would have just done it, I would feel a lot more peace. A hundred percent when we all do it. And the thing is, is like, it's always worse than we think it's going to be. My brother-in-law once said to me, like, I try not to put off anything that takes less than five minutes. And I was like, so now I always think about that when I like walk past that thing on the ground that Mm -hmm. I don't want to bend over and pick up because I'm like on my way to the bathroom or something. I like guilt myself. I'm like, just do it, Tiffany. Stop thinking about it. But it's the same with work. It's like, I could just answer that email and then I would feel a lot better and I wouldn't Mm -hmm. be taking up the brain space that I am to continually shame myself about the fact that I haven't done it. Yes. Yes. I wouldn't at the end of the day have to take it off a to-do list and write it on another one exactly. and then berate myself. I exactly. Like you could have done that today, but you didn't, did you? Oh, here's this action <laughs> item again. Not done. hundred percent. Yes. And then you, you know, you mentioned um, that tendency to, to, to then predict and fortune tell how other people are going to respond. And I really struggle with that too. And just the, that catastrophizing of like, oh, this is going to end badly. They're going to think poorly of me. That can really freeze me in my tracks, mm-hmm. like hardcore. Yeah. I, st- I'm a, I like to say I'm a recovering people pleaser, yeah. but I'm, it's something I have to actively work at because I, I mean, people pleasing. Yeah. It, that's an active journey. That's mm. not, that's not a like, I'm done now. You're right. <laughs> I'm done prioritizing everyone above yeah. myself. No, that's, um, that's an everyday wake up and try. Yes. But it really is like a hustle. And, yeah. 
And I I think again, ties into that perfectionism. And Mm -hmm. the truth of the matter is like some of the best relationships we have in our lives are the ones where we've had to have the hardest conversations. So true. Comfortable conversations, even the ones we have with ourselves. Yeah. And even with talking about difficult issues, like getting into racism and things like that, it's easy to avoid reading that and to not look in the mirror. It's Mm -hmm. easy for us to avoid researching emotional abuse or any Mm -hmm. other like of these hard, difficult topics that we want to avoid because we know it'll make us uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so something that I've also learned through therapy is get comfortable with being uncomfortable Yes, because my people pleasing side really comes out either whether I'm trying to please myself or Mm -hmm. others around Mm -hmm. me, like, let's make this okay. Let's make this not a thing and let's make everybody happy and no conflict and all this stuff. That's totally life. Like it's not life is full of hard conversations and unlearning and relearning and doing better Mm -hmm. and putting our ego aside and it's hard work, but it, I feel like the payoff is so much it, the reward and the relationships that we get out of it with ourselves and other people are well worth the quote hard work. I completely agree. But I will tell you, I think I, as a woman and then also as someone raised Christian, that idea of being comfortable with hard conversations or even, you know, gentle confrontation. And I don't, I don't mean like we're walking around like, Oh, mad all the time, but you know, just like stating facts that are unflattering or things like that. Like, I feel like we've been so socialized against that. Like, you know, we've been socialized to be winsome and to be, you know, breezy and, you know, I mean, small and quiet and And, polite. And if we're not, we have all kinds of gendered pro, you know, gendered words. We're bitchy. We're naggy. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, those are words Bossy. that we, that we assign to women. Yeah. For, yeah. for, for asserting ourselves or for speaking up. So, you know, for me, it's been a challenge too of like, you're saying my desire for everyone to be happy, but then also my desire to never, you know, I never want to seem like I'm bossy, which who, who cares? Who cares? Right, right. Who cares? And why is that bad? Right. And there's so much, I I feel like just kind of programmed into us. I, yes. I like to refer to it as like our hard drive, like our yes. inner hard drive. There's just so much like deleting of stuff we have to yes. continue to go through. And unfortunately, I think... I learned a lot about gender roles in the church that were incorrect yep. when I was a part of it. And I think the church is changing and religion is changing. And there are a lot more um, people in the sector now than when I was in it that are speaking um, up against those things. My eye keeps watering because I have makeup on for the first time in like months, of course. And now it's totally. like, what's happening? Poison. <laughs> reject. Reject. Re- what is this? <laughs> We've just been moisturizing. Um, but I think that... Yeah, getting really comfortable. That's I, like I say, like be a bitch, be mm-hmm. bo- be bossy, be yeah. nasty, whatever you, yeah. whatever it is you want to want to be. And I I try to instill that in my daughter and my sons. Like yeah. women be whatever they want to be. Period. Yeah. Um, and I hope that I'm hopeful for our kids that yeah it's going to be better. I think every generation wants that for their kids. But yeah, I really see it already in the, you know, my niece who's your kid's age mm-hmm. and my kids, they have a lot more emotional awareness yeah. and emotional intelligence. Totally. And 
have been raised with a lot more tools. Um, I think so too. to regulate those things. So I am hopeful. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I am too. My kids, I think, you know, they have words for things that I definitely didn't have at their age. You know, hundred percent. I love when like a Gen Z comes into my DMs and tells me a term I don't know, right? Um, or educates me. I'm like, yes, yes, more of this because well, I love that. It's so funny. My daughter, who's 13, has a text thread with a bunch of friends, and the name of the thread is toxic masculinity. <laughs> Your kids have always been amazing. I remember sitting at the Iris Awards and I think it's your youngest daughter was like, yes. I have a swear jar on the table and anybody who is swearing, I'm just going to let you know, this is where the money goes. And totally. I, I was just like, she was not intimidated by sitting at a table oh, of no. adults. And I was the no. same way when I was that age. I was just like, I preferred the presence of adults. <laughs> She and now I prefer the adult. presence of children. So I don't know what that is about, but yeah. She is a She's little great. adult. You know, she came on that trip to intern. Like she was <laughs> there in her blazer signing she people was, up. She was just like another adult in the room. Honestly, totally. like her personality. She was just like... She just belonged there. She kind of scares me, but you know, she's got, she's got all her philosophies. She's a little feminist, Black Lives Matter in her like LGBTQ ally group at school, you know? I love it. Like these are just not, these are not things that were on my mind at that age. At that age, I think I was like, mm, boys, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm still an idiot. I mean, honestly, <laughs> so I'm still really, you know, I mean, she's like, we're at the point now where, you know, she's calling me out for things. <laughs> And I love that. It's like I, full circle. Like my, my daughter is like scary the same as me. And people comment on on the time. Like we look alike. We talk mm-hmm. alike. It's just like copy paste. She is her own person. She is a lot like my husband. But I can't remember what it was. But she was like, didn't you just tell us yesterday, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, yep, you know what? You're right. And that's my opportunity as a yeah. parent to apologize to our kids, which I think is so oh my gosh. important. I have. I totally agree. I have you know, peers who are like, my parents still to this day have never apologized to me for a single thing. Like they don't believe that they can actually do anything wrong to their children because they're the parent. Yeah. Even as adults. And I'm just like, I do not want, I feel like our kids learn Mm -hmm. humility through us. I totally agree. The role playing situation, we have to continually show them. So although it's difficult when I get called out by my kids, it's also a really good opportunity for me to practice what I preach. Dude, completely. I, I so agree. And I think it is a really like corrective emotional experience when we've hurt our kids because we will, 100%. we will hurt our kids Yeah, for us to then say, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry that I did that. Like that's so healing, you know, mm-hmm. for us to just acknowledge where we've messed up. And as you said, it's also modeling. It's modeling that humility. It's modeling that you can say sorry that, you know, we're not all walking around with these fragile egos that can't acknowledge if we've messed up. Yes. And I loved you touched on that in your book. You were talking about like, yes, I don't want my kids to quote, care what people think, but I also want them to care about the impact they have on other people. And that is so true. And it's something that has to be taught a lot of the time. Like sometimes some people are naturally empathetic with having, um, my oldest son on the spectrum, something mm-hmm. we focused on a lot when we were doing ABA mm-hmm. um, was working on empathy of others mm-hmm. and just continually talking about our impact. And he's the most empathetic person I know. <laughs> and, I love it. And it taught me a lot too, just yeah. about highlighting and how important it is sometimes to just pause and say, 
but how is the other person feeling on the other end of this? Like I am crystal clear on my perspective, but Mm -hmm. how could this possibly be coming across to the other side? And I think Mm -hmm. there's a lot of adults and (laughs) that still need to learn that. And so true. Like my daughter corrected somebody the other day on something. And then she said, you know, but I understand because I've made that mistake myself. <laughs> it's just like, I love yes, I loved it because I love that. She was like, she was making her needs known and being assertive, mm-hmm. but also acknowledging, like, I get I it because I'm human too. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I, I hope that we can all, you know, with our next generation, in addition to giving them that like self esteem, like you're amazing, but also like, you're not that amazing. <laughs> right. Get a like, job, work. <laughs> yeah, but also like you're going to make mistakes and like, yes. you know, and you're not so amazing that you can't consider how you come off to other people. Right. You know, I only said get a job, work. Cause I'm just like, I think that I still struggle with being seen as instilling that productivity into my kids. And now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm realizing like, that's actually not that important. Um, <laughs> Well, it's actually more important that they're good people, but you know, well, responsibility is taught and, I, and accountability is taught. I just, I, I never want my kids to be like the spoiled kids either. And yeah. I don't know what that is inside of me, but I want them to appreciate everything they have. And that's like just oh, yeah. another core value that's so important to me yeah. um, because I listen, think sometimes we soften the blow too much for our kids. I agree. And listen, we need them to go out and work because we need them for them to go live their lives. Right. So we can have our back. Right. <laughs> like there's a fine line sometimes I have to find between making them feel like you said loved and amazing mm-hmm. and you know what? We can improve on this area and we're yeah. going to dig in and yeah. just like anybody else we all have things we're working yeah. on and um that is a form of love. I agree. I agree and I have seen far too many kids whose parents don't feel that they can ever correct or, you know, mirror back to their kids um, or give honest feedback. And then those kids think that they are the shit. And then they grow up in a narcissists, Mm -hmm. you know, a hundred percent. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm amazing. My mom told me every day. Right. Or I never never heard the word no, or, you know, or no one's ever said to me, yeah, yeah, no one's ever said to me, you're being an asshole. Right. Right. I I tell my kids all the time. I'm like, if like more than three people think you're being an asshole, <laughs> like three people that you know, not, not on the internet, right? But like right. three people in your inner circle think you're being an asshole, you are being an <laughs> asshole. Change to listen. <laughs> right. Like, right, right. We're all I tell human. my kids that all the time. And I also tell them if all of your friends don't like your boyfriend, there's something wrong with your boyfriend. Amen. <laughs> tell them that all the time like, I'm just like, don't even waste your time, girl. Just... <laughs> Stay single. Everyone else sees red flags. Oh my gosh. For real. Run. Run. Okay. Before we end, I want you to talk about your podcast because your podcast is amazing and it's very different from your book. Yes. Um, so my podcast is called something was wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a docu-series style podcast that focuses on emotional abuse. Mm -hmm. Um, it often touches on relationships with narcissists mm-hmm. um, or others with personality disorders. Uh, we talk a lot about trauma and um, overcoming emotional abuse and also educating others on the signs to look for those red flags and educating our youth 
in recognizing those red flags is really, really important to me. Yeah. And a huge motivator for me when I started the podcast was reaching like kids your age and my kids mm-hmm. when they're teens, yeah. when they're first starting out dating yeah. um, so that they can recognize what is healthy and what isn't healthy. Because a lot of times you've totally. never been in a relationship until you have one. And a lot of people experience the most abuse when they are unfortunately in their first re- totally. serious relationship. Yeah. So it's a critical time for them to understand, you know, what's okay and what's not okay. Absolutely. I love it. And you you present it in such a, I mean, it's, it's entertaining the way that you present yeah. it. It's like psychoeducation, but it's like, surprise, it's also storytelling, you know, like you've, you've done it in such an interesting, engaging way oh, that, you. I mean, as you're saying that, I'm like, oh, I should have my daughter listen to it because I listened to it, but I didn't, I didn't think that through for her, but it would like, it is it's, it's interesting enough that it would capture a young person's attention, but then teach them these things to look for, which is so important. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, it's been really the most rewarding part for me has been hearing from um, those who have said, I listened and I realized I was in an abusive relationship yeah. and I've left. I bet you um, get a lot of that. Yeah, and it's just incredible. Um, That's really and rewarding. It is really rewarding yeah. and it's one of those things that makes me grateful for the struggle I've had in the path that's left yeah. me here yeah. where I am because yep. I couldn't have the same empathy that I have or the same passion and motivation in this arena if I didn't have my own experience. No. Um, and so I think it's like finding gratitude in the really gross, gritty stuff yeah. too. Totally. And I appreciate that about all your work. I feel like your your own personal process and the hard work that you've done and the hardship you've been through is, you know, you've you've taken all of it and you've really, I, I feel like you've taken all of that and turned it into like helping others. Oh, well, both thank in your you. Book and in your podcast. I think it heals us. And I think, it does, yeah. from, I mean, I'm sure you understand this, especially as a therapist, um, is that um, validation that you get in like support groups was huge yes. for me. I attended Al-Anon when I was mm-hmm. a younger person before I had kids and that was so eye-opening and validating. Oh for yeah. And so I want the podcast to kind of provide that sort of mm-hmm. virtually for people where they can listen to other people's stories and be like, I was not crazy, even mm-hmm. though my abuser told me I was crazy mm-hmm. every single day and mm-hmm. this is valid. And totally. Um, yeah. So I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. So good. All right. Where can people find you online? So people can follow me on Instagram at lookieboo, L-O-O-K-I-E-B-O-O. And there's links there to everything else. So yeah, I'll just give that and keep it simple. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tiffany. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Today's episode is sponsored by Decocrated. I've been getting Decocrated boxes for over a year now. If you're not familiar, it is a subscription box company. You guys know I love my subscription boxes. And they send seasonal decor to your home four times a year. It's really great for someone like myself. I want to decorate for the seasons, but I actually get very overwhelmed with knowing where to start. Prior to getting their boxes, I felt like I could just handle Christmas. But now I get four boxes a year, and I feel like it's really upped my game with decorating for the seasons. One thing I really like about them is that their pieces build on each other. They send ideas for how to refresh and style the things they've sent in previous boxes. So, for example, they sent a Halloween sign that flips over and transitions to a fall sign. Or they might send holiday pieces, but then they show you how to pair that tray they sent with the summer box, with the holiday pieces. It's really versatile and creative, and I really like the 
inspiration. You can subscribe annually or you can just get an individual seasonal box. I've been really pleased with Deco Created, and I will also suggest with the holidays coming up, a subscription is a really great gift for friends or family who also like home design. You can subscribe to Deco Created by using the link bit.ly slash decocrated. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash D-E-C-O-C-R-A-T-E-D. And you can use the code R-A-T-M 10 to get 10% off. Hi guys, I'm BJ. And in my private practice as an emotional wellness coach, we address trauma, attachment wounds, and the roles they play in how we show up in our lives today. I've found my self-care has a profound impact on my mental well-being, so I'm here to invite you into the journey of emotional self-care. This week, we got two questions from listeners that speak to a very common issue in relationships, how to effectively and sustainably get our needs met and meet the needs of our partners. Our first listener asked on our community group, how do you deal with a spouse that just constantly ignores your love language? Another member commented she has the same issue and admitted her husband doesn't feel she is any better at understanding his love language than he is at understanding hers. The second question was, my partner is about to be unemployed and he's shutting down because that's his stress behavior, but I don't know how to support him because taking action is my stress behavior. While we've all heard the adage, opposites attract, the truth is we don't usually consciously choose our opposite. We usually choose people with similar values and interests. We might choose partners who have strengths we feel are missing in ourselves, but it doesn't mean they're our opposites. More realistically, it's that when we're dating, we focus more on our similarities. Then when the familiarity of the relationship gets deeper, or maybe we move in together, human nature is that we tend to focus or even obsess on the things that irritate us. And you guessed it. Those are the things our partner does differently than we do. The truth is, how we show up in relationship is influenced much more by what was modeled in our family of origin and our past traumas than any other thing. And the same is true for what makes us feel loved. So about these love languages. In case you're not familiar, back in the early 90s, an author named Gary Chapman wrote a book called The Five Love Languages. They are words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. There's a test, if you're curious, you can find it online, that determines your love language. The premise is that you and your partner take the test and learn how to love one another better by remembering how the other person interprets love. I can't possibly cover all the ways this is a flawed system in the time I have for this segment, but let me just start with a story of my own. I'm a really thoughtful and intuitive gift giver. I'm the person that overhears an offhand remark from the other room at Thanksgiving by my son about a set of knives Rachel Ray used on her show and make a mental note to get that for him for Christmas. I'll never forget his stunned reaction. I also am someone who verbally affirms people. In fact, I make it an intentional practice to say the unsaid. Guess what? According to the test, I score almost equally for gift receiving and words of affirmation. Here's the problem. My husband is a crappy gift giver. I mean, the worst. I'm not outing him here. He would be the first to admit this. It has never been for the lack of trying. If my ability to feel secure in my marriage was dependent on his gift giving, we'd have divorced decades ago. The thing is, when we place the responsibility of our security on our partners, we've set ourselves and our partners up for failure. Talk about unfair expectations. This is an impossible expectation. You're asking them to act outside of themselves, read your mind, and figure out what you need in order to make you feel loved. Sustainable relationships, both romantic and otherwise, are about 
seeing our loved ones as they are and as they were created to be. That means accepting one another with our wounds, our traumas, our life experiences, all of our imperfections, our humanity. When we do that, we learn about one another's limitations and needs. When we function in relationship from our highest adult selves, we'll focus less on what we're not getting from our partner and more on understanding our partner and why they show up the way they do. We can then learn to co-regulate with them to learn how to better communicate and support one another and love one another. So for instance, our questioner whose husband's about to lose his job, your stress response, Caitlin, is to take action. Mine too. When the sky is falling, we get ish done. You want us in the exit row on the plane, right? Now you can mow over your husband trying to overfunction your way to a solution for him, but you've probably figured out by now that it shuts him down further. That's because our stress responses are a trauma response. Yours is fight or flight. His is freeze. His nervous system has literally locked down out of fear. Pushing him into action just locks him down further. In that space, he's not even present in his body. What you might try instead is this. Try to help him regulate to a place where he can find his words. Sit quietly with him. Put your hand on his hand because skin to skin can be a very effective co-regulating tool. And say to him, honey, look me in the eye. I'm here with you. I know you're scared and overwhelmed and I don't want to add to that the way I have in the past by trying to find our way out of it. I would love it if you'd let me be in it with you. If you will, I promise when you're ready to talk about your feelings or a plan or whatever, I'll be here ready to listen. I'll try not to offer solutions unless you ask for my input. I just want to be with you in it. At about noon on Christmas Eve this past year, my husband totaled my car about two blocks from our house. I knew by his voice he was not okay emotionally. I was in the kitchen making soup in preparation for our kids' arrival later that day. I immediately ran out the front door to where he was. While my husband, who was physically fine, wandered around the scene of the accident in a haze, I dealt with the insurance company, spoke with a witness, got everything we needed out of the car, called an Uber, and contacted our kids. The tow truck took over two hours to arrive. When we finally walked through our front door, I remembered for the first time that I'd left the soup on the stove, on high, 20 to 30 more minutes, and we'd have had a fire. If the tables had been turned, my husband's freeze response would have looked like this. He would have looked around, made sure the stove was turned off, walked around the house without urgency to make sure every door was locked. Then he would have come to the scene of the accident. In the past, I would have had a pretty harsh narrative about that that would have sounded something like, what took you so long? Can you see how we compliment one another, even in our trauma responses? The truth is, we both had shame responses that day. His about wrecking my car, mine about almost burning the house down. Instead of shaming each other further, we loved each other so beautifully that day. Throughout the entire experience and all the way through the holiday, we handled each other with such care. I'll take that over the perfect gift any day. Hey, thank you for joining us. Continue the self-care conversation with us on Instagram at at Podcast and in the Selfie Podcast community group on Facebook. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at selfiepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so you can catch up with us next week. Take care. Take care.